Good morning and welcome to Sunrise with Holly, best brought to you with a sunrise on the horizon and a hot cuppa in your hand. Good morning and welcome to Sunrise with Holly. This morning I have another amazing guest with me today, Jane from Jane's Wellness Journey. Um, She has been on an amazing, incredible healing journey for a number of years, both physically and mentally, and is now currently studying body talk to also help others with her healing journey. Jane has an incredible amount of knowledge when it comes to food and what works for her body after dealing with Crohn's for roughly eight years diagnosed. She took her health into her own hands and has stuck it to the system, truly being able to live her life to the fullest. I have loved learning from Jane via Instagram and sometimes it's confronting with her thoughts and conversations, but it's just what I need for myself. Jane and I could probably talk all day about all sorts of stuff, but today I wanted to pick her brain on stuff. The stuff we wear, the stuff we have, the stuff we eat, the stuff we think about, and us as stuff. Yeah, so welcome, Jane. Thanks for having me. Um, Like you said, I'm sure we could talk for ages. We just seem to bounce off each other (laughs) whenever we chat. So um, yeah, let's see where we go. Yeah, sounds good. All right, so we'll get into the main question, which is, as I kind of touched on, what is stuff wow what is stuff um so generally i guess when we think of stuff most of us kind of think physical world so like stuff that we can see touch hear smell taste like the stuff in our house our clothes our food our car those kind of things but i've kind of come to understand stuff as more of something that kind of extends beyond just what we have in a physical sense and kind of look at it as more of a universal consciousness where everything affects everything else and everything is connected, and experiences that one thing has can affect the experience of everything else around it. So when I talk about stuff and universal consciousness, um, it's like there are different levels of awareness that filter down and impact on everything that exists in the physical world. So from something living right through to just an object, they kind of draw on these different levels to manifest their physical experience that they have so like I mentioned the first kind of level is like our physical world that's the easiest for us to comprehend because we live it every day it's what we see hear, feel touch eat experience and that's kind of like if from my experience with illness that's our physical symptoms that we feel and what we kind of class as our reality and then we kind of get this next layer on top where we start to look at energies and how energies flow through our body is the energy flowing freely or have we got some blockages and how is that impacting the overall flow of energy in our body so then this layer filters down to what we feel and the effects on us at the physical level and then on top of this energetic level we've got another level which is our mental body and this is kind of where our ego sits and you know our belief systems and our attitudes our values our thoughts our emotions all those kind of things and what our mind creates to how we perceive something to react and respond to that experience again whatever is encompassed in that whether it be something that works in our best interest or works against us that filters down to the way the energy moves in our body and then again back down to our physical experience then on top of our mental body there's another layer and this is when we start to look at our higher level consciousness and we can like really tap into our own intuition and at this level we can kind of access big picture stuff And we kind of hold no attachment to that ego or belief system or thoughts or emotions we had in the mental level. And we can kind of just step back and really tune in and discern how everything that encompasses us is affecting everything else. And then this filters down to that mental state, which filters down to our energetic level, which then filters down to what we physically experience. And then (laughs) 
the final level is like where we look beyond it and we're in this fully blissful enlightened state and we just have like this massive awareness and stage consciousness of how everything's intertwined and it works together and like people this is where people can like miraculously heal and you know like spontaneous healing and all that kind of stuff occurs when you're just in like this fully blissful enlightened state obviously when we're in that that filters down to our intuitive level, down to our mental level, down to our energetic level and what we physically experience. That's the state we all want to be in, right? That's like the ideal, right? But getting there is a lot harder than that. So I guess for me, stuff kind of goes beyond just what's in this physical, tangible state, which where so many of us live our lives. I mean, that's where I've lived most of my life until until I've started this healing journey is just in this tangible, oh, I've got this sore it's just sore what can I do about it I haven't looked up in the levels beyond that to see what's actually filtering in to my physical experience so yeah stuff is not just this physical thing it's all these different levels to get the understanding of how everything is feeding in to what we're experiencing on a physical level I really like that I like that actually the terminology of it because (laughs) you're so right like even for me as well I lived my life in a very like stuff orientated way and I didn't really think anything above it but now I definitely are in those other levels of what creates that stuff being within my consciousness absolutely um that was a good good coverage on stuff though I feel like that was (laughs) yeah I really it was interesting like it's such a small question and you were like yeah here's the different levels like really hard like what is stuff like (laughs) yeah but we we have so much stuff as well everything is around us it's just stuff and stuff and stuff so when we when I brought up the when I thought about this topic to um chat with you, you were actually talking about energy on stuff, which really resonated with me because I started to look at my own stuff and was like, what energy is on my stuff? And um I know you had a few great examples of energy on stuff. Oh yeah, did you want to touch on the energy on stuff or explain kind of what that is? Cool, yeah. So this has been a really interesting learning on my journey. And I guess like all of us, we're aware of our energy on some level. Like, you know, kind of the person in your life that kind of might suck or drain all your energy. Or, you know, when you walk into a room and you just like pick up on some nasty vibe. I think most of us are kind of aware of energy on that kind of level. But it wasn't until I kind of expanded my thinking and then reflected on all these physical experiences I was having myself, I like truly began to kind of see the power of this consciousness that everything holds and how everything affects everything else around it. So I guess it kind of became clear that everything holds energy. And obviously, if you're living, you hold energy. But I then kind of started to expand this idea that experiences and belief systems and emotion and just objects in our home also were like energetically charged. So I guess this will kind of help understand the next part if we kind of think that everything has energy. So yeah, the key part of my journey was taking back control of my house and not really expecting others to remedy it for me. So I started small, but I ended up like fine tooth combing everything in my physical world from like people that were no longer serving me to objects in my house. And I really started to consider, are you serving me rightfully or are you adding to my burdens, whether you were a person or a thing? So this meant like a huge clear out of my house and it meant letting some friendships that were really energy taxing just naturally fade out. So I guess the energy on things, um, one example that you're talking about that I recently shared of an object holding energy was a set of earrings that I had. I first got my ears pierced kind of when I was eight 
And once you could remove, you know, those awful studs they first put in, they only—they weren't even pretty. They were just like those dimenti kind of, you know, awful things. Um, anyway, once you could remove those, I put in the set of gold clasp earrings. And I wore these earrings every day of my life up until just a few weeks ago. But it hadn't even crossed my mind because they had become such a part of me. It was just like another arm, really. Like these earrings were just part of me that they would be so charged up with the energy or consciousness of my life from between the age of eight when I put them on till to now when I'm 31. And then I started to think, actually, these earrings have experienced everything I have, every emotion of every medical appointment I've had, every rejection I've ever felt, every bad self-chat conversation I've had with myself, every relationship. You know, they've heard every conversation I've ever had. And particularly with them being on my ears as the focal point of where we hear things, they had been there for everything. <laughs> and they had seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. So if we take this then back to the idea that everything holds an energy, these simple earrings were still kind of holding onto a lot that my body had been working so hard to shift. But it's kind of like they were interfering with me being able to move forward with my healing journey because they were just holding all this energy in there still. So I took them off and shit, it was quite an experience. <laughs> like initially my mental body just went thank fuck, we can finally breathe and move these ideas on. So then, if we're, as we're talking about the levels, this kind of then filtered down to my energetic and physical levels. And for the first while, I felt quite euphoric. Like, I had been doing all this internal work on myself, and then by physically removing these earrings, it was like this big breath, or, you know, sigh of relief that they had gone, and all this experience could be moved and shifted on with them. And then the gnarly part really began to happen after the euphoria wore off. <laughs> and I actually got these huge cysts behind my ears. And they started to ooze everywhere and it was it was really horrible. All the skin on the back of my ears started to peel off. And it was just, it was actually really nasty. But then I thought about it and it was my body had actually finally been given the space to detox all this energy that these earrings had held. And this is how it was kind of choosing to respond and purge that out. Oh, that's so incredible. Yeah. And then after all this gross happened, it then took me back to that mental level. And I kind of started to make me go deep and look and think and reflect about how everything those earrings had heard and seen and experienced with me in my life between 8 to 31. And how I had held on to these in my physical body and how they were playing out in my physical symptoms I was ex still experiencing on a daily basis. And although it wasn't a pretty time, like it got pretty dark there for a couple of weeks, but by bringing that to my awareness and allowing myself to go back and relive those experiences that these earrings would have seen and held, that had kind of just laid on top of each other over time, they could then be processed in my higher level thinking and I was able to release them. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I love that. I didn't actually know the part about how um, your ears had flared up afterwards, but how incredible was that? Yeah, so that's only kind of happened after I shared the stories. <laughs> yeah, but like your body just released it itself and you're so right about that. Then it becomes a higher level thinking because often those higher level thinking is always sparked from something in our physical realm. Like you don't, think about that stuff unless something prompts that thought process absolutely and who was to think these little earrings that were just such a part of me would like trigger this whole deep dark nasty set of releasing it was um, a pretty incredible experience and I think that's really important like you know 
that could have been seen as quite negative that, you know, oh, you've got these big cysts on the back of your ears and you're gone really dark and deep searching for stuff. But I think that's kind of like where the most beautiful moments happen and the moment of self-realization when you realize that actually my ears are oozing because I'm letting go of a whole lot of stuff and I'm dealing with a whole lot of shit here is actually yeah more beautiful than it can be that your ears are oozing and gross. <laughs> oh, probably that's like in the last episode on the podcast is like when we talked about healing, it's not beautiful. It's not this magical romanticized thing that you took them off and you put on these other luscious earrings and everything was beautiful again. There's a process there Absolutely. for detachment and healing. Yeah. So yeah, I totally understand that. It's always so interesting when you hear the romanticized story versus the the real story. So then if we add another level to this and we kind of think around the energy that things hold, it really made me start to think what was in my space again. And by releasing some old things, it's going to make space for new stuff to come in. But it really made me up my consciousness around everything in our physical world. Like it made me think of if I was to go buy something, who made it, who grew it, what was used on it, who delivered it, who put it on a shelf, who had a heated conversation by it while it was in the shop, and all this energy that this one thing might have picked up on its little journey into my life, what was it going to bring into bring into my life if I brought it into my home? So I guess it really hit home with the values I already had around, you know, choosing eco-friendly products, organic, buying local and stuff just so that you can kind of get the story around what something's been through and what energy has been put into it. Because something, same mass produced is not going to have that same loving care for energy put into it as something made by someone in a small business locally at home. You know, it's not got the same care and attention. So it really made me start to think about my values again and revisiting why I, why I have these values. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that experiment they did with the two different plants and, you know, and one was kind of, spoken to nicely and treated with respect and the other was spoken to nicely and not acknowledged or anything so they kind of treated these two plants the same in terms of watering and soil and stuff but yeah one got spoken to nicely and flourished and grew beautifully and the other one got spoken to nastily and kind of wilted away so if we think of then of everything in our house what journey and experience it's had in its lifetime and what kind of impacts it will bring to our overall well-being and energy consciousness it's a really interesting concept to think, you know, you don't know what's happened to some things, what energy it might bring. So, for example, like in our house, we have this family chair that's been in the family for over 200 years. And, yeah, I guess you can kind of imagine what it's seen or experienced during that time. We don't actually know, but it probably holds actually a whole lot of generational beliefs that have been passed on because this chair has obviously been passed through the generations that it potentially carries with its consciousness. Um, yeah, it could all seem a bit obscured or extreme, I think, but. I actually think that is incredible because that has made me realize why my plants always used to die versus why my plants don't die now. Like I used to not be able to keep mint alive and that's because I was so busy and just literally, I don't know, living to work and die versus where I am now living for like love and purpose and, experiences and now my I've got houseplants that are alive when I couldn't even keep a weed alive essentially um <laughs> yeah and I think some people think oh my gosh she's like the crazy girl who talks to her plants or whatever <laughs> but actually when you get into it and you get to that high level consciousness and like these thoughts kind of just start rolling through your mind naturally like actually what has happened to that chair and you know or you know what's happened to this plant and yeah it depends on how you view it but I think like if you get it 
you get it and if you don't get it talk to your plants and see if you get it in a few months time because everything is everything is a being or you know everything absorbs that energy and it's the same thing with growing you know like vegetables and stuff if you take that loving care the food tastes better like it literally tastes better when you grow lettuce and eat it yourself it tastes better because you put that love into it versus it being mass produced absolutely and you know exactly what's happened to it definitely which um with the chair example as well that kind of led us into our next question which is are there positive and negative energy on stuff yeah so this is um an interesting one again because I guess it really depends on your belief systems around what positive and negative really is like old me would definitely have said yes we have negative and positive experiences enlightened me says no there's nothing is negative or positive. Um, so, okay, this might open a can of worms. <laughs> no, no, I'm keen. I'm keen. I just heard that. I was like, wait, actually, this is something I need to hear. <laughs> so I guess it depends on your belief systems around positive and negative. Old me would have most definitely said, yes, we have negative and positive experiences. Whereas enlightened me says, no, that nothing is negative nor positive. So like I said, this might open a can of worms and... I guess I hold the idea more that each thing we experience or each emotion that we gather has its valid place in our life. So this will sound brutal when obviously some things in life are really nasty and no one deserves to go through some of the things they've gone through. But the matter of fact is that we can never control others' actions, but we can choose how we respond to them. And we can choose how we respond to our misfortunes to allow ourselves to grow from them rather than enabling them to destroy us. So it's hard to get your head around. Like when I was in the depths of my illness, it's a really dark place and you just want something to fix you really quick. And you kind of lose trust in your innate wisdom and strength and ability to heal yourself. And you just get overcome by your version of hard. So on my own health journey, it's obvious how my experience, I mean, they wanted to remove parts of my bowel. I was losing weight drastically. That can it's obvious how that can be seen as a really negative. I, you know, I don't wish that kind of nasty on anyone. But the lessons and path I found from choosing to be grateful for what this experience has given me, rather than what it had taken away from me, kind of soon made me realize that what we perceive to be negative has its intended place, but it's how we choose to react and respond which will determine how we move forward. Like, I think fear in general is seen as a hugely negative emotion, but actually fear can be pretty valid and positive. Like, if we didn't experience fear, we'd go walk straight off a cliff or we'd walk out in front of a car. And it's not going to end well generally. So what's perceived as a negative kind of thing to have, you know, have no fear. In this case, it's actually kind of positive to have a bit of fear. I guess this also then ties into the idea of happiness as being like the ultimate positive emotion that you know everyone's striving to find happiness and if we don't have happiness all the time we aren't this that or the other or like happiness is some kind of grand destination that we're going to arrive at at some point in our life when we've nailed it and we've got all our shit together when really we're all going to get served up some hard in our lives and some people get served up more hard than others and some people deem their hard invalid compared to someone else's version of hard, when really, if you find it hard, it's valid as hard for you. But from my experience, without a bit of hard, and realizing that there's gratitude to be found in what our heart has brought to our life, living in a state of complete 100% happiness is actually unattainable. 
and it doesn't allow room for growth or adventure or self-realization. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so there's always going to be different levels and versions of hard as we go throughout life. And the sooner we realize that it's actually healthy to feel all of the different emotions, whether they're classed as negative or positive, they we need to feel the range of emotions around any part of our life. And more importantly, we need to equip ourselves with the tools to be able to feel those emotions, to name those emotions, to be able to process them, and then to be able to balance them out for ourselves. And then when we can do that on a scale of a whole spectrum of different emotions, that's when we actually realize that happiness isn't a destination and it can actually be found anywhere. And it actually lies amongst the hard and the mundane and it peaks its beautiful, warm feeling self when we catch ourselves experiencing it and not anticipating it to come. So like on my health journey, there's been some really dark negative times and obviously I've learned a lot about my relationships and myself and found a whole lot of gratitude around that and that's where I found my happiness in that moment it's not like I was miraculously healed and I met my grand destination and I found my happiness and I've got it forever it kind of we just have to go with this idea that it comes and goes and we have to feel a whole range of emotions so I guess kind of going back to if it's a positive or negative energy yes they kind of hold on to all that they've experienced but it's if we choose to perceive it as a negative or a positive. So like my earrings, removing them was the best option as I needed to have that physical kind of feeling of removing all that they carried. And that's how I chose to respond to it. And it was the driving factor for me to get down to dealing with all those things that had kind of come up since I had removed them. But although I removed them, I haven't gone and got rid of them because as my consciousness moves through what was held in them, they'll shift that energy too. So I guess they were like a physical manifestation of all the shit I'd been holding on to. And by removing them, it was all brought to my awareness to deal with. And I guess like the 200-year-old chair, I don't actually know what the heck it has seen or been through. So it could be bringing a whole lot of what's perceived as positive or what's perceived as negative, but can only imagine what this chair has been through. And I can only perceive that, oh, this might have happened to it. So that might be impacting me in this way. But I guess this is kind of where cleansing a space or an item or an object comes in to allow the energy it holds to be released and kind of allow new energy to come in and surround it. And in a physical sense, like the idea of cleansing stuff, you know, like sage cleansing your house, it's a real feel good for us. But on a universal consciousness level, it's actually changing the wavelengths or vibrations around that thing and object. So like when we first moved into where we live now, there was a huge energy hangover from the previous owners. So we cleansed the house to help shift off their energy and allow the space for our energy to come in. So yeah, I guess objects do hold energy. It's how you perceive that energy though. And by cleansing it, it's like us taking time to heal ourselves and to be able to release the old and let new stuff in. But it also kind of allows our ideas or feelings around an object to be given the time and space to change I guess but then anything that that object also holds it's kind of giving it the opportunity to say I'm going to change your vibration for you you're allowed to heal and release from this here's some nice high vibes for you <laughs> if that makes sense yeah <laughs> no that totally makes sense I, I love that um I love how you let into clearing the energy as well it, it's giving the things the opportunity to be cleared and also as you're saying like the perception of what you believe could have happened as you say with the chair you don't know what happened that's your perception of what happened but cleansing it or clearing it gives you that 
opportunity to release those negative thoughts that you're potentially thinking could have happened. Absolutely. Yeah, I find that really interesting. So with that, because we had the next question was, do you think you can clear the energy, which is an obvious um, yes, <laughs> um, yes to that. You can clear the energy. And do you reckon there's like multiple ways and anyone can do it any way they want to clear energy of anything? I think when we think of, like when I'm thinking about it just on the spot now that, yeah, there probably is multiple ways because like I said, it's like what our perception is of that thing. So whatever that feel good thing for us is going to be to help clear that energy around that thing, whether it's we get rid of that item, whether it's we give it a good clean down or, you know, whether we sage cleanse, whatever little ritual we do to get that feel good to rejuvenate the energy of that thing for us is going to help clear that energy and help heal the energy that that thing might have but also allow it the space for you to give it the energy you want that thing to hold yeah like just bringing it up as we're talking about clearing stuff um my husband has this thing he does he's not fully religious but his parents are very religious so he grew up kind of like that um his mom especially and she does they all do this thing where they'll kind of touch the ground and touch their heart and it's kind of like a blessing over the house and I remember when we first moved in, he kept doing it every time he came to the house. And I was like, what is he doing? But now in retrospect, I even do it myself because it gives me that feeling like, yep, this is a this is a blessed home. This is clear energy. And that's where our belief systems kind of come into it then, don't they? Of We all hold a certain value in, of belief systems. And yeah, it's whatever's going to make us our soul feel whole and full is what we're going to do. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so good. Um, and well, because the next question that I had was the idea of memory associated with stuff and the power and energy it can bring. Um, and that was actually another discussion with my husband that we had when I talked to him about stuff. Um, he had said that it's not what the energy the stuff holds, but it's the memories that you associate with that stuff that is bringing the energy onto it. So do you think that a lot of it is the energy on the stuff or a lot of it is our perception and our memory? I think it's a mix of both really. So like going back to our plant example, obviously that energy that plant had been given that died was put onto it. So it's held that energy and that's how it's responded to that thing. But I also think the idea of like a memory being associated with the energy is very valid as well. So it's how we perceive something or the vibe we get from something and then how we choose to react and respond to that thing and its energy so like for example if we were to look at a wedding ring when you get married that ring holds so much joy and love and just everything about your relationship if a marriage was to then break up that energy of that thing can change based on everything that's allowed that marriage to break up so that ring then takes on this energy of turning pretty sour and anger filled you know and I guess like other things in our house if you see something and it's going to continually evoke a memory for you that you've never given the time to fully process and it remains charged with that energy from that memory, it's going to affect you all the time and it's going to come in. So I guess both, really. Yeah, I love that as well because it's kind of as though the memory you're associating, you're putting that energy back into it as well. Like you yourself are putting the energy into that. As you said, if the marriage breaks up, it was, it did have that love energy, but then you've put the negative energy into it. Absolutely. So that thing kind of manifests and brings on whatever energy we give to it. Yeah. So how are you dealing with your stuff? Like how do you deal with not being overwhelmed with all of the 
stuff around you and say wanting to throw it away and grab new stuff and then maybe some examples of how we can kind of deal with our own stuff cool so I guess as I kind of touched on earlier it's been a real process of fine tooth combing the heck out of everything in my life so I really just started on a physical level and that was by removing stuff from my house that kind of no longer served my energy Or if it was something I didn't want to remove from my house, but it was still bringing up some energy I didn't like, I allowed it to bring up the certain memories and emotions and then fully go into processing those and how they were affecting my overall well-being to allow my energy around that thing to change. So I guess now I've kind of spent a long, probably a good year going through stuff in my house and seeing what it brings up for my energy and now I'm kind of really shifting into the deep work on that mental level around my belief systems and my thoughts and emotions and kind of how to process these and how to react and respond in a way where I don't just stuff them all down and wait for my physical body to explode in symptoms. I guess for me one of my long-standing things has kind of been this idea of I'm not enough or I'm not worthy and it's kind of been a long-standing thing throughout my life and when I got ill it came up big time especially because my husband became my carer and my self-chat was I'm not worthy of the care and love that you're giving me Um, I don't deserve it all these you know kind of ideas around that so over time as I began to get well I started to feel indebted to my husband he didn't create any of this it was my mind doing this wonderful thing that it does creating this idea that I actually owe him for all this care that he had given to me when it's a really interesting concept because I was talking to someone about this recently and they said what if it was flipped around and you were caring for your husband would you feel like he owes you and I said no I would just do it because I love him and that was a big realization moment for me that that's exactly what my husband had felt in the situation but anyway my mind was going along this idea of I'm indebted to my husband I owe him all of this for taking care of me and I'm not worthy of this love that he's given me so then I started to put on this face around my husband that I was well because that's how I could repay him by showing him that I was well and everything was okay and I was always fine and I think a lot of us fall into this trap of how are you oh I'm fine I'm good whatever we don't really go deep and explore what we're truly feeling so I got stuck in this trap of whenever I was around my husband I was trying to repay him by saying, look, I'm well now, I'm good. When actually I was really experiencing, like I talked about earlier, this whole range of emotions, but I wasn't sharing those with him. So what would happen is within me, I would store all these emotions down and they would layer on top of each other and layer on top of each other. And I'd get to the point where they would all just come out and we'd go deep and we'd have a good discussion about them. And I was then able to process them. So Um, I guess part of me dealing with my stuff now is that I have started to realize different ways that I have been feeding into this idea of I'm not worthy, into this idea of not dealing with my emotions. So one that's come up for me recently is um, actually my phone. And I've been using it as a tool or an invitation to be able to go and explore those deep emotions with my husband and talk about them openly and naturally rather than uh, withholding them to try and, you know, show him that I'm well and good. So what I've been doing is um, I know that if I'm on my phone around my husband too much of the time, he doesn't really like it. So what my mind has done in this situation, it 
has said, okay, you're going to go on your phone. Your husband's going to say a comment. That's going to affirm to you that you're not worthy and you're not enough. And it's going to get you riled up a little bit. And then you're going to, it's going to kind of take you to this point where you're going to let all these emotions flow out. So I've kind of been using my phone as this little tool and invitation to be able to go deeper, to have these deep level emotional conversations, if that makes sense. Yeah, kind of like a blowout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> essentially like that. So instead of, it actually sounds so silly telling the story now, but instead of just going, hey, I need to talk about this. This is how this is making me feel. I was afraid that it was totally made up in my head, but I was afraid that, or I was fearful that I wouldn't be openly accepted with love and acceptance because I needed to keep up this idea that I'm well because I'm indebted to him. So I was afraid that if I just went deep without having some reason for needing to blow out, like you said, that if I just went straight to deep, that I wouldn't be openly accepted and he'd go, oh, you're unwell again, we need to change this, this and this. Um, so yeah, I was kind of using my phone as a vehicle to get to that conversation. Was that conscious or unconscious? Like, did you consciously know you were using your phone or was that just an unconscious mechanism? Totally unconscious mechanism, but obviously my mind knew exactly what it was up to. And his comment wasn't even bad. It was just, you know, like, oh, can you put it away so we can do this together or something? It wasn't even terrible it was just enough for my mind to then go on this little journey of like oh this is what he thinks and then that kind of allowed me to, <laughs> to go deep with my emotions and I guess that's like where my journey's at now is just looking at my behaviors and certain things I do like that yeah that are totally invalid like me and my husband have such an open relationship that we can just talk about those things but my mind just plays these little games of ways that it's trained itself into things or belief systems that I now need to go and access to change. Yeah, I fully get that. I've done some things really similar to that. I used to hold on to anger and then it would normally come out when I would get my, um, around the time I get my period and then I had a reason to cry and everything would come out and it would just go blah, 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 blah. Um, but definitely now I don't know where it came from yeah I guess that's what it is it's like trying to find that reason to validate why you want to go deep with yeah to validate your feelings yeah now I'm getting better because I've realized that if I just say it it's gone yeah so I try and I'll literally go to my husband and I'll be like I'm triggered by this and once I've said it it's gone absolutely and he never replies which is fine but it's gone now for me I don't have to hold on to it for days <laughs> So yeah, that's how I'm dealing with my stuff at the moment is just kind of working through and seeing, is this really aligning with my truth? Because I know that me and my husband, we can sit there and talk about anything and it's fine and I'm accepted and I'm loved. But there's a reoccurring story I've told my, I had told myself for so long, just kind of tries to come and creep back in every now and then. So it's really just saying, actually, you don't serve my truth anymore. You're an old story, like go away. Yeah. I would suggest to others to start dealing with their stuff too. Just like start with the things around you and see what they're bringing up for you what haven't you dealt with what yeah what kind of memory or energy does that bring into your space like even if you when we first started our house so we had what feels like a whole lot of stuff and it was just never used and it just sat there and that in itself never allowed the space for more stuff to come into our lives so the simple act of just removing what we didn't actually use not that we felt it held any energy it was just holding space just removing that was a huge shift in our whole the whole way our house flowed yeah I agree with that as well decluttering yeah absolutely and like I don't know if anyone else has this but in our house we've always kind of had 
one space or one room that just hasn't felt nice like it's the space we dump everything or it's a space that's a little bit cluttered and never perfectly organized or something like that so it's also been about really taking the time to make every space in our home a nice place to be not just you know certain spaces are nice making every single space a place that we would like to go and spend time that's so good yeah there's definitely always um, unutilized space and dumping grounds I've got a few of those and they always feel so much better after I've cleaned them out but they're definitely places where you just throw stuff um that's so good though because that's a that's I think that's a really good way for everyone to start dealing with stuff is being um being aware of it is definitely the first thing so being aware of your stories and being aware of um your physical stuff and then what taking that physical stuff up to that higher level as you were saying and seeing why that physical stuff is affecting you and then how you can move it on I guess the big thing is that it takes time like I think we live in a world where we just want everything quick and instantly and we just want to someone to wave some wand and we'll be cured overnight but it actually takes so long and it takes hard work and it's going within ourselves loving ourselves enough to do that hard work on ourselves and to actually take the time and make the time to stop and say all of this other stuff around me is going to be so much better if I allow it the space to come in but to allow it the space I need to get rid of all the stuff that isn't serving me whether it be an object or an emotion or a belief system or whatever it is yeah no I get that and I definitely agree it takes time a lot of time and I can say that from my own journey I'm a completely different person than I was one year ago now but there's still definitely stuff that I'm working through and it's a consistent journey and it's like kind of when you unpeel one layer it's like an onion it's like reminds me of Shrek with the onion what is it with the layers and yeah you peel back one layer and then it reveals the next thing yeah and when you think of a lifetime of layers there's a lot to go through yeah oh definitely definitely and some layers are thicker than others and some make you cry absolutely okay so my next thing lastly kind of which I know is going to be a big topic um but what I wanted to move into is um your body talk and how you do that because after all um ourselves we're stuff we're made up of matter yeah so I wanted to just go into um how do you think body talk helps clear your energy and your stuff from yourself so body talk is basically a healing modality that taps into our body's innate wisdom so our innate wisdom is like when we're born and our heart just knows that it needs to pump blood around our body our lungs just know that they need to breathe innately our body just knows how to do that our body also has this innate ability that it knows how to heal itself and it knows how to fix itself. And kind of throughout life, we get all of our experiences and stresses and traumatic experiences and all these different belief systems filtered into us that things get a bit murky and our body struggles a little bit to make the connections to balance itself out to be able to heal itself. So body talk kind of allows us to access what our body sees as a priority for balancing and healing. So it works up in the higher level consciousness level for the levels we were talking about at the beginning and kind of in our intuition kind of level. So during a session, your body takes us on a journey through all the levels. We can pick up anything right from the physical up to this level of intuition and it makes connections and link based on what it sees as a priority to heal. So you could have... A traumatic experience in your childhood that has actually stored away physically in your knee and 
through your body talk session, we can make the connection and filter in all the emotions and feelings around how that has stored into there. So an um, example I like to give people when they kind of come for a body talk session is because more often than not, people come with, you know, say my toe was sore. And in a physical sense, you've come to a session because your toe's really sore and you'd like some relief from that. So what I say is that body talk works on a priority basis. So it might not come up directly that, okay, we're just going to work on your toe and we're going to do some tapping and, you know, your toe's going to be healed. So I say, okay, let's see what comes up. So we might start, it comes up with something in your general environment and say it came up around your work. And actually it comes out that you're about to start a new job. And then that's kind of defined by an emotion of fear around starting this new job. And we talk about it and yep, you've got a little bit of fear around starting this new job, but you can't really pinpoint why. And then we, so we ask your body and we link in a little further and it actually might link to say an active memory that you've stored away in your body. And um, it links to this memory of when you were three and you went into the swimming pool for the first time and it was actually deeper than you thought. So you stepped into it and you fell and it was quite a traumatic experience for you. And at the time you didn't really know how to process that. So you stored it away. Um, And then it might link further into a belief system that you got from that experience that I'm actually afraid to try new things. And then eventually we might actually link into your toe and your toe is hurting because you've stored this active memory in in your toe of falling into the pool when you were three. And then this idea that trying new things is fearful and it's coming up as your toe being really sore. And then this all links back right to the beginning because you're going to start a new job and you're stepping into something new. And because when you first stepped into the pool, your toe went in first and that's where you stored the memory. Because you're now stepping into a new job it's bringing up all this old emotion you have not dealt with because you have felt you felt that same feeling then as you do now. So your toe is actually throbbing because you're fearful of stepping into your new job like you feared stepping into new things from when you stepped into the pool when you fell in and it was a traumatic experience. It can go all throughout the levels on multiple, like multiple different things can be linked into like a little formula. Your body comes up with little formulas Um, for what's a priority for you and it links all the different parts like that in and then when we get to the end we kind of do a different series of different tapping techniques based on what's come up in the session depends on what we tap and you can kind of get one formula multiple formulas whatever in a session just the important part is is it all works on what your body sees as a priority so we can't go in and say I want to work directly on this often or not it will lead to that but we can't just dive you know straight into wanting to fix this all toe. So do those different formulas kind of clear that energy or kind of help with the processing of that healing that needs to go through? Yeah, so it kind of just lets our body know, okay, we need to link these things up together, these parts up together to make that connection channel really strong again and kind of just telling our brain, go give some attention to this part of our body. And it kind of also... I guess, so we always tap over the head, the heart and the gut. So by tapping over the head, we're kind of like, wake up brain, here's some new ways of thinking and some new ideas. We don't have to be stuck in this kind of way. We can process stuff. So it's kind of like setting some new ideas. And then we kind of tap over the heart. And that's like storing the idea and saving that within our heart. And because our heart pumps blood all around our body, that new information then gets pumped all around to every cell in our body. And then we tap over the gut and that's to kind of help us digest what's come up, but also helps us to digest new ideas. And then also like digestion works, it helps with a big release of you need to let go of.
Wow, that's super cool. I like that. And just as like a follow up from that, because I know you also do distant um, distance body talk. So how does that work? Do you get people on a call and then you still walk around the table um, where you normally would do body talk? Or how do you do that? For the distance session, um, we've just been doing it over video chat or so you can just get permission from the person and you can do it while they're going about their everyday life and things still come up and you you know, see what comes up for them as a priority in their session. And because it's all energetic work, it doesn't matter where you are. It works through the energetic fields to help make the change. And yeah, it's all about just taking time for someone to stop and observe what's going on for them. And often when we stop and observe what our priority is, it initiates that change. Yeah, it actually like fascinates me how our energy like transpires back and forth to other people but as you said it's all energy and kind of what we um you know what we are putting out on the level for someone else to receive absolutely and I guess it's just really a tool that helps us go deep within ourselves to do the inner work for ourselves because it's not like I magically fix anything it's you've still got to do the hard work it's just kind of come to the awareness and we've observed what's going on and We've stored a little bit of new information and ways of thinking and help get rid of some. Yeah, it's such an incredible tool though. I love that. Oh, that's so exciting. So you found Body Talk um, from it being used on yourself, correct? And then you yeah. you explored that? So I first kind of had Body Talk when I was 16 and it came into my life and it made lots of incredible changes to me and I was definitely not aware of anything energetically and I was literally mind blown like what the heck what did I just experience and it was really far out for my level of thinking then and then it kind of went out of my life again and then later on it came back in when my house um, took a turn again yeah then it came back into my life and then I kind of got to this point where I again needed decided I really needed needed to do some self-healing so I actually went along to the body talk course for myself, basically, as a huge self-healing tool that I just wanted all the information I could get about it to be able to heal myself. And then I just loved it so much that I'm actually now in the process of studying to qualify to become a certified practitioner. Cool. So with everything that you've um, just explained to us and all about body talk, what I did want to ask you is where can people um, find you to get in touch with body talk sessions and things like that as well? And what service do you provide at the moment while you're studying? Cool. So basically the best way is through my Instagram, which is Jane's Wellness Diary. And then yeah, just send me a DM and we can organize a session time. And Basically, while I'm studying, there's obviously a lot involved behind it cost-wise, so I just ask for a small donation as a good exchange of energy between us and, yeah, to kind of help out with some of the costs behind studying. Sweet. Yeah, I love that. So, yeah, Jane is definitely amazing to follow on Instagram because she just shares her journey so, so rawly, which is incredibly amazing um so yeah you guys go check it out and thank you so much for listening um to this episode of sunrise with holly and i hope you have a beautiful day see ya